Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. Uh, New Story, yes, it's great to be back and is sharing um, from God's Word with you. I'm always excited about the opportunity to look at God's Word and what it has for us today. And uh, specifically, I believe, as as, um, Pastor Scott had connected with me, and he says, hey, our buddy um, uh, Wayne has injured himself, and he's not going to be available. Would you pray and consider if you um, would be able to come? And so it's kind of a setup, because Scott knew that I know uh, Wayne, and so we were talking, and it was like, oh, I'm going to be at New Story on on August 8th, because I see Wayne, and we can um, hang out, and so he knew I would be here. And so it was like, would you be available? Yeah, well, I plan on being here anyway. So it was like, okay, so he had that half of it taken care of, but still coming up with the message. And I was like, oh, yes, I, we can uh, do something. And so I was, I was talking to Scott, and I, and I says, well, are you in a series, or, or what's going on? He's like, it's a standalone. It's, it's, it'll be that much easier. Do whatever you want to do or whatever. And so um, he was like twisting in a kind way, and so, but graciously I accepted. Again, love the opportunity. So uh, thank you, uh, New Story. And so part of my story is that um, I was in the pastorate for uh, many years full-time, and I pastored a church in Amherst, New York. And so uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in my introduction. Um, And so when I was a pastor full-time, usually I'm at the church until 5.30. And so I'm kind of regular, and so I get there at 8 o'clock, and I leave around 5.30. And so almost... Every evening, around 5.30 p.m., I would receive a phone call at church. And usually when the phone would ring, I would uh, answer the phone, um, uh, very formal, and and I would say, uh, um, uh, answer, hello, this is um, Bethel Baptist Church, Pastor Kevin speaking, how can I help you? And so I identify the location, I identify the person who's speaking, Bethel Baptist Church, and myself, Pastor Kevin, how can I help you? And so um, uh, between 5 and 5.30, it's like, well, why don't I do something silly? Because every now and then I like to have fun. And so I says, maybe I would change my greeting when I answered the phone. And so I was thinking, and I says, maybe I'll do something like when the phone rings, I would say, uh, this is the Buffalo Zoo, Mr. Lyons speaking. Uh, if you got that, the zoo and Mr. Lyons. Come on, folks, hang in there. Uh, and, and so then I thought of another one, um, kind of morbid. I would say, City Morgue, you stab them, we slab them. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so so I, I thought about answering the phone because I was confident that nine out of ten times when the phone rang between 5 and 5.30, most likely, nine out of ten times, there's a high percentage there, is that it would be my wife, Lisa. Lisa would be calling me, or maybe it's my daughter, uh, Carissa, nine out of ten times the phone would ring, 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 and I would answer, hello, Bethel Baptist Church, Pastor Kevin speaking. As much as I wanted to kid around and do that, I, I just didn't have the, because what if it was someone important who was calling? It wasn't, well, not to say my wife or, or my daughter, but maybe it was someone else who was calling about church business or something, and, and, and it'd be kind of silly if I was teasing and said something, and that wouldn't have been a good impression. So the phone rings, ring, ring, hello, Bethel Baptist Church, Pastor Kevin speaking, and the, on the other end of the phone, between 5 and 5.30, most times 9 out of 10, is Carissa 
or it's Lisa. And they would just say, dinner's ready. Oh, I love that time. Dinner's ready. That meant my day was over. That meant I had like 30 seconds to get home. And so where my church is located and my home is located is basically the backyard. So dinner's ready is like the 30-second warning. It's like get home because it's time to eat dinner. And so I loved it during that time that, that, that I would get the phone call and I would hear at the other end, dinner is ready. Every day I look forward to that phone call at that time. Dinner is ready. And I believe that likewise, we too are being summoned to come to the table. Now, it's not 5 o'clock. It's not 5.15. It's not 5.30. So we're around the 10 o'clock in the morning time. But I'm here to say to us today that dinner is ready because I believe at the other end of the phone, this time who's calling, that God is calling. God is calling because God has prepared for us a special meal. God has prepared for us the table that is before us right here today. God has prepared this table for us, and he wants us. He's calling us, and he's saying, dinner is ready, and he wants us all to come and to participate. To participate. How about that? Dinner's ready. Will you participate? Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the great opportunity to hear from your word. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak through me and that we would hear what you would have to say to us in regards to this table that's set before us. Lord Jesus, I pray that I would move myself out the way and your spirit would speak through me and that each, every one of us who's here today will hear a word from you and a call to action because dinner, dinner is ready. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. And so we have several uh, different Bible passages I'm going to take a quick look at. And one is going to be John's Gospel, John chapter 6. Also, we'll go into uh, 1 Corinthians and possibly take a brief look at Matthew chapter or Mark chapter 14. Uh, but start off, so if you have your Bible, follow along. I'm just going to do a run-through of these passages here. But in John's Gospel, John chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus is speaking to a group of people, a group of people who's just following him. They're following Jesus around. And I think primarily the reason why they're following Jesus is because earlier in that passage, Jesus does this miraculous thing. Jesus, he feeds over 5,000 people. And so imagine if someone's going to feed you is like your church picnic out here, and we have uh, very few uh, food items or whatever, and something special happens that everyone gets fed. Well, this is what's happening here in this passage. Jesus Christ, he, he feeds these group of people, and they're following him, and Jesus, he's realizing that they have to the wrong idea of what this was all about. And so he kind of flips the script on them, and the scripture tells us that Jesus says in verse 27, he says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which is the Son of Man. The Son of Man will give this to you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And so Jesus, he's just simply telling them, there's a better reason for why you should be following me. There's a, a better reason, not just because of what I just done for you, because of the food that I gave you. He says, there's a better reason. He says, 
he says that what just happened in regards to the feeding of all these people, he says, this is just a temporary fail. Something better is coming along. And the disciples still, they're not getting it. The disciples and all the people, they're acting like a stray animal. They're acting like a stray dog or a stray pet. And, and you know what happens if you ever have a stray. I don't know how many of you have ever fed a cat that's just meowing around your porch or, or a dog or something. You feed them once, what do you get? You get a pet. You get a pet. And the disciples are starting to act like pets of Jesus because Jesus now, every time Jesus would do something, you know, like your pet, I don't know if you have a dog or, or I'm a dog lover, so I'm not going to say anything else about a cat. Um, but, but, but with my dog, I remember obedience training. I'm training my dog, and every time I would gesture in my pocket, my dog was at attention. That dog was sit up like this or whatever and just waiting. And if I moved my hand, the dog was watching my hand intently. And, and if I moved over, the dog like would move over with me. Or the, And this is what's happening here. Whenever Jesus would gesture or do something, the, the people are following Jesus. They're, they're looking for something to happen. They're acting like a stray animal. In verse 30 and 31, the next slide is showing us. It says, so they asked him, what miraculous sign will you then give that we may see it and that we will believe you. What will you do? It's a challenge statement. What are you going to do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they're basically saying, what's next? And they're at attention like that dog, and, and their mouths are watering, and they're just waiting for the next thing from Jesus, verses 32 and 33. It, it gives us this picture. That, that, Please hurry up. They're licking their chops. Imagine that dog just salivating and just waiting for, don't tease us. Um, when will this bread get here? That's the question that they're asking. And then Jesus gives them some direction in verse 33. He says, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then Jesus makes this, this statement in verse 35. And it gets their attention because in verse 35, the next slide says, uh, Jesus making this declaration, he says, and it's here, he says, he says, you're looking at it. Jesus basically saying, ring, ring, dinner is ready. Come to the table. He says, he says, I am the bread of life and he who comes to me will never, will never go hungry. And he who believes will never be thirsty. Now, just imagine, not too long ago, you're feasting on fish and chips, no doubt the biggest fish fry, Guinness Book of Records, that ever would happen, the largest fish fry. And now Jesus makes this declaration. Jesus says, I am, I am the bread of life. And the disciples are like, like, like really? And they're, they're questioning Jesus' sanity. Uh, and the disciples, uh, we will go hungry if we have to believe that that you're the bread of life. And, and so imagine how let down that they may have felt. And then the scripture goes on in verses 41 and 42. Um, it, it talks about the disciples and the followers. They're not, they're not thrilled by this claim. And not just that they're not thrilled, they don't believe, they haven't bought in yet. And, and, and they're grumbling um, because Jesus, he makes this declaration that I am the bread of life. Uh, they're not getting the picture here. They're not understanding. Um, and they're asking that question, is this not the Jesus? Jesus, that the son of Joseph, who, whose father that we already know, and, and how now can he say that I am the bread of life, that I've come down from heaven? They're basically, they're questioning Jesus' sanity. And then in verses 41 
51 through 51, if you're following along, Jesus, he announces the main course, and this really gets their attention. He announces the main course, and now the main course is him. And what they're not understanding is that this is simply a spiritual analogy, or there's a, a comparison, but they're not getting it. They're not getting the picture, and, and, and then they're thinking that Jesus is weird. Verse 52, um, come over for dinner. Uh, is this advocating for cannibalism or something like this. And it is not cannibalism that Jesus is encouraging here, but instead what Jesus is encouraging is what we would call, what I would call, is true Christianity. What Jesus is encouraging is true Christianity. And the next slide says, what a wonderful discovery for, for us as followers of Jesus Christ, that we understand that Jesus' body that we have before here, uh, that his blood, this is, this is what I would say, this is the, the spiritual nourishment that we need. Sometimes we overlook that and we, we think about physical nourishment. But today we're talking about a, a spiritual feeding, a spiritual nourishment. And it's through this spiritual nourishment that sustains us throughout our Christian Life. Did you hear that? I got to say it again. It's the spiritual nourishment, not the physical. The spiritual nourishment that sustains us throughout our Christian life. Verse 53 of our text. Jesus, he says to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and you drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, they have eternal life. And I will raise them up on that last day, for my flesh is real food, and my body is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died. But he who feeds on this bread will live forever. Will live forever. Now this isn't verse 53 through 58. This isn't um, physically appetizing, so to say. But spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, this is the best meal that you'll ever take. I'm a foodie. I love to eat food. I love filling myself physically. But we're talking about spiritually right now. And spiritually, this is the best meal that you'll ever eat. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 34, verse 8, simply taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the man who takes refuge on him. See, our understanding simply is that bread, bread sustains life, and Jesus' body that's represented here, Jesus' body is the bread, so we must trust in the sacrifice of his broken body that we have before us right here. Another scripture text for us is in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, Leviticus 17:11. It says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. 
Blood that we have illustrated for us here, simply blood is life. And, and when Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ, when his blood was shed, his life is being poured out for all, is being poured out for all. And the picture that we have here is that, that, that all who kneels at the foot of the cross will receive life. They'll receive what we might call a sin cleansing. They'll receive what we call a life-giving bath and and I trust with these pictures that we're trying to paint here is that is that you too today that you have been washed in the blood that you have said yes to Jesus Christ and, and so as we're saying that dinner is ready as we're saying come to the table you've already made that decision yes I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God yes I believe that Jesus walked this earth yes I believe that Jesus did all these miracles so that he would point us to God the father I believe it I believe it and that makes you worse Worthy to participate today here in the table. But before we participate, there are some rules, there are some instruction, and that's what we have. So we're going to transition to uh, 1 Corinthians, where the Apostle Paul is giving some instruction, as he's saying, before we come to this table, we have an understanding that we're all believers, and so there's, there's a few rules, and, and let's go through these rules. So before we sit down to the meal, our next slide reminds us we need to have clean hands. Before you come to the table, you need to have clean hands. You see, you don't go outside and work in your garden. I love vegetable gardening. And just imagine I'm out in my garden and, 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 and it's 5.15 and Lisa yells, dinner's ready. And I drop all my tools and I run in the house and I sit at the table and my hands are still dirty. Well, Lisa would slap me upside of my head. Because that's not the right thing to do. Lisa would say, no, 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 you stop at that bathroom and you hose off your hands or you take off those dirty clothes or whatever. You need to come to the table with clean hands, with clean hands. You see, before we come to the table today, we need to get ourselves cleaned up, so to say. We need to clean our hands. And this is what the Bible is telling us in Corinthians here where it talks about examining ourselves. It's talking about cleaning ourselves up in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. The scripture says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. And so when we examine ourselves, we see that there's some stuff that needs to be taken care of. We examine ourselves, we see that there's some cleaning up that needs to be done. We examine ourselves, we see that there's a time of remorse, that there's a time of repentance. We examine ourselves, we see that, that there's that need for forgiveness, that need for restoration. Uh, there's the invitation to the table, dinner is ready. But before we come to the table, folks, we, 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 need to, we need to clean up. And so I would encourage us not to let the table pass before you. Don't let it pass because you say that, that I'm not worthy or whatever. We have an opportunity. The Apostle Paul says, well, get things straight. Get things straight. He says, he says clean yourself up. And once you clean yourself up, then we are eligible. Then we are ready to participate in the table. And so then Paul goes on. He says, now that you're cleaned up, you need to come to, to the table with a good appetite. You got to come to the table with, with, with a good appetite. Now imagine that you're invited to someone's house for, for dinner. So um, Doc says, Kev, why don't you at least come over for dinner? And before I come over, I was like, well, I, I don't know if Doc's cooking or if his wife is cooking. And uh, I don't know what the food's going to be like. So en route to Doc's house, I'm going to stop at um, 7-Eleven, buy me a big bag of Doritos. 
and uh, maybe a two liter of my favorite soda or a pop, depending on what you want to call it. And, and I love me a good cold Pepsi. And so two liter of Pepsi, some Doritos, and just in case, um, um, I love me some Twinkies. And so I'm going to eat a bunch of Twinkies because I don't know what Doc's cooking or whatever. And so, and so I, I, I fill up on, 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 on all this junk food. And then I don't have room for the good stuff when I get to Doc's house. I don't have room for the good stuff. And Paul is telling us in verse 21 of chapter 10, he says, you can't drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You can't have part of both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Now, I bring this up is because we, uh, we need to realize that this is an adequate meal, but sometimes... Um, we come to the table and we think that, well, this isn't going to fill me up. And so um, I like that old lifestyle I used to have, and I'm going to dibble and dabble. And so um, during the course of the week, I'm going to get filled up doing A, B, C, or D, all that stuff that I know I can't do when I come to the table. <laughs> okay, we're filling ourselves up with Twinkies and, and with Doritos and soda pop. Um, and then we come to the table and we realize, well, this table really doesn't satisfy me because we live that week, those six days before we come to the table, filling ourselves up with those things um, that most likely are things that's totally against what God would have for us. And then we come to the table and we say, boy, it's just a, a wafer and it's just a little bit of juice and what's next? So see, we don't realize the significance of it because we spend our week before um, with the junk stuff. And again, that Bible reference that I uh, read, taste and see that the Lord is good, that's our experience here today, that this will satisfy us. This is all that we need, spiritually speaking. We can get rid of the junk, okay? So come to the table, come to the table with a, with a good appetite. Um, the next way to prepare ourselves as we gather at the table is that we need to not just have clean hands, not just have a good appetite, but we need to show some patience. Patience so that we can enjoy the moment, um, not just speeding uh, 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 through the meal of communion. We, we live in a fast-paced world, and we want everything like McDonald's and, and Burger King. Just drive in and, and get it, and we're, and we're all done. And, and participating in the table should be, for each and every one of us, it should be an, an experience. Um, again, we're not to, to rush through it and kind of say, well, this is over, now what? Okay, let's slow down, and when I say patience, a time of reflection and, and, and remembering um, uh, Jesus as he's preparing for this table, um, some reflection that um, we have this upper room discourse. And in Mark's gospel and some of the other gospels, it gives the same account. And Jesus, I love these passages in the gospel, um, and, um, and Jesus is giving some instructions, and he says, go and find this coat. It's going to be tied up and do this, and, and they'll give you some instruction where to go. And I, I love that passage because it, it gives this picture of obedience. 
Jesus telling this fellow to go do something to prepare. And when you get there, you'll find this, this upper room already prepared. And then the disciples, they're, they're, they're gathering. And then Jesus giving some insight in regards to what's about to come. And the disciples still don't understand. They're, they're not patient. They're in a rush. Again, what's, what's next, Jesus? And, um, and Jesus was trying to explain, just give insight of, of, of what's about to happen. He's talking about my body is going to be just brutalized. What's that like for you? Let's slow down and think about it today. All the teachings you've heard about the communion table, about the bread and, and, and the cup, what is that like for you to understand that, that, that Jesus um, took all these lashes and, and, and just ripped his body apart? What does that mean to you? Let's just think about that. And, and this crown of thorns that was just placed on his head, you want a king? Well, Jews, I'll give you your king. And they just pushed down this, here's his crown, or, um, and... Um, and to watch him hang on this tree and um, and just suffer and not able to breathe and 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 then the cruelty of just jabbing his body with a with a spear and and seeing his blood just flow all what is that slow down and think about the significance of this table why we are here don't just rush through it um, um, understand the great sacrifice. That was made for me, that was made uh, for you. Let's be patient as we participate at the table. As well as we gather at the table, we should all be in harmony. Harmony at the dinner table is, is important. I, I'm just remembering how old am I, Scott? I'm 59 years old. And so um, just remembering some of those days, we were very um, traditional in our family. And so like I say, between 5 and 5.30, dinner's ready. And um, I'd scoot out of the church and rush over home um, so I could be at the table. And, and I remember Kevin Jr. and Carissa, we have our discussions and how school going, what's happening over at North High. And yeah, I got the call from the teacher talking about Kevin. Uh, he was such a jokester. And, um, and uh, sometimes those conversations went a direction that Kevin didn't want those conversations to go. And so maybe we would um, then, my daughter, who was very forward and would say, well, Dad, you're at church all the time. And so those uncomfortable conversations sometimes, because I prioritize church ministry sometimes more than I did my family. My daughter was quick to remind me of those moments or whatever. And so um, then I would change the subject or whatever. And so we weren't to. And then, um, and then my wife would probably say something. So who are you voting for? <laughs> so it's like, when you come to the table, um, um, don't ruin the meal um, in being just disunit, the disunity and, 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 and all this conflictual stuff that sometimes um, we need to come to the table and we need to be unified. Uh, there, needs to be, there needs to be harmony. Otherwise, the, the meal is, is ruined. You got someone sitting like this and someone's like, oh my, let's, let's get this over with or whatever. It, we, need to, we need to be together. And so uh, when, I, when I think about that, I think about that in the context of the church. So how about us here at New Story? And so um, I don't believe, Pastor Scott may differ, and say, I wish you would have run that by me first, Kev. Um, 
I don't expect us to get along on every issue, okay? But what I do expect of a church is that we do get along. And we remember those things that we have in common, those things that pulls us together, those things that unite us. And especially we have the best example of what unites us here today is the table, is the table. And so as we come to the table, let's be in harmony. Uh, Paul tells us in verse 17, chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, he says, we are one body and we participate in one bread. We participate in one bread. So again, as a body of believers here at New Story, um, concentrate your energy on those things that that unite us, which is greater than those things that tear us apart. And what unites us, folks, is Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what unites us. Dinner's ready. The next thing as we prepare ourselves to participate today is gratefulness. Gratefulness. We need to give thanks for this meal um, because of what has gone forward, and we need to show gratitude. Um, uh, scriptures, again, talks about God providing uh, manna, um, a miraculous food. And, and, and when God made that provision to the Jewish people, if you remember that account, all they did was complain and bicker. And, this is this all you got for us? You know, and, um, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they wanted they want it more. And so again, it's just that gratefulness, again, as we gather, is the, the appreciation uh, for, the, for the cost of this meal, that Jesus Christ prepared this meal for us. It's a meal that literally cost him his life. And so we should be grateful in, 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 in that regard. And, and when I talk about gratefulness, even let's, let's take the gratefulness a step further as a church. What are you grateful for? And so I'm here at your team huddle, and I'm watching Pastor Scott lead your team huddle. And I was like, wow, that is just incredible. The leadership, be grateful for the leadership that you have here at New Story Church. Uh, Scott is not, uh, what do they say, a dime a dozen? Like the next one's going to come. Be grateful for how God has blessed this guy and is leading this congregation. You guys, your second year anniversary, and he says $35,000 is contribute to mission efforts and things like that. This is great stuff that's happening because of the leadership of, of Pastor Scott. You have other leaders like, like, like uh, Doc, and you, and you got Neil, and, and, and there's a bunch of other folks who, who get together on the regular and pray for this church and, and strategize for what do we do next. Um, Give us some direction, Lord. These are guys who are, who are on their knees and coming before the Lord and saying, we, we don't know what we're doing. We're going to fake it till we make it, but, but give us some direction and help us. Okay, be grateful for these folks. Okay, so as you come to the table, it's, it's a gratefulness for what God has done for us, but also be grateful for the volunteers and for the leaders and stuff who, who gives of their time sacrificially every week and during the weekday so that so this can happen. How about that? That as we come to the table and as we pray this prayer of thankfulness, don't forget those who are behind the scenes and those who are up in front like Pastor Scott. Pray and say thank you and let them know as well. Let them know as well. Come to the table. Come to the table. Dinner is ready. Um, I keep watching it. What time are we done, Scott? <laughs> <laughs>
We're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, how about loyalty? Here's another thing. As we come to the table, we avoid this, this competition. The scripture reminds us in Corinthians 10, 20, 20, that we serve a jealous God, that God will not take any substitutes. Uh, you see, the Christians in Corinth, they were very idolatrous. This was kind of almost like a let me put you in your place type of message that Paul was giving to the Corinthian church because they were all over the place, and they were, they were kind of like, well, um, before I came to News Story, uh, I had this other kind of life, and I was doing this, and I kind of enjoyed this. And, 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 and the Corinthian church is kind of reflecting what it was like before we kind of really got organized. And, 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 and they were kind of like, well, maybe we can dib and dabble and do this and do that or whatever. And Paul is like their spiritual father. He's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. And, 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 so, and so Paul is saying you need to be loyal to what's going on here. And I would encourage us in regards that God demands our undivided loyalty. God demands our undivided loyalty. And lastly, as we come to the table, we need to come with a sense of purpose, a sense of purpose, understanding that, that this is our spiritual nourishment and our spiritual nourishment, this is our, this is our strength, and so you say, strength for what? I'm glad you asked that question because I got some notes on that. So, so this is our, our strength. Um, and so sometimes when we come to the table, I use this analogy that we come and we get spiritually fat. Okay? We come to the table, we get spiritually fat. Now, what I mean by this, so I'm showing my age, um, Pastor Scott. There was a song, one of my favorite contemporary artists back in the 80s was Amy Grant. And Amy Grant wrote this song in her Age to Age ab album called Fat Little Baby. Fat Little Baby. And it made reference to Christians who gather on a regular basis and they get fed and they get fed, and they get fed some more. And then they sit back in their recliners or whatever, and they're just basically fat little babies, not putting into practice all that good teaching that they've been given. They're not, I volunteer, Pastor Scott asks, um, you're asking for an invitation? Um, don't be a fat little baby. There's a purpose behind this, okay? That as we are being fed and, and being nourished spiritually, our purpose as believers is then to come alongside of, to partner with in a very practical way, and I call that service. So that's our purpose, that as we gather, remember our purpose of gathering as a body of believers is to, again, partnering with the ministry, coming alongside, not just sitting back and saying, oh, we got this message series, and oh, that was good, Pastor Scott. We have this message. Oh, that was wonderful, or whatever. It's like signing up for eight days of hope, signing up for all these other ministry opportunities, signing up to, I'm going to go to the parade in Tonawanda, signing up for, I'm going to do children's ministry. This is what I'm talking about. This is our purpose as a church. This is a part of this, this, this nourishment that we're being fed and, and having a, an understanding as to, okay, so why is all this? Why are we doing this? And I believe part of it is for works of service that the Apostle Paul makes reference to in Ephesians 4.12. It says, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ, the body of Christ might be built up. Come to the table. Dinner is ready. Uh, lastly, um, as the worship team um, gathers, that before we come to the table, 
Again, the table is reserved for those who know Jesus Christ as, as their Lord and Savior. And so for most of us, we are coming, and this is truly a moment of remembrance. And so we already have a relationship with Jesus, so we know what this is all about. And so this is, this is just, just a part of, of, uh, of remembering in regards to what the body is and what the, the poured blood out. But for those who don't know Jesus Christ, this could be an opportunity for you to actually receive the real thing. What I mean by receiving the real thing is coming in to be saved. And so again, the table is reserved for those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us in Revelation 3.20, Scripture reads, this is Jesus talking, he says, he says, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, this beautiful picture that Jesus, he's opening the door and he says, and I love the connection, he says, I will come in and I will eat with that person. I will eat with that person and they will eat with me. This is Jesus' invitation again to come to the table for dinner is ready. But first, you need to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Well, Pastor Kevin, what does that mean? Again, I'm, I love the questions you guys ask. Well, well what does that mean? It just means that, that, that I believe in the work of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is God's son, that, that God gave his one and only begotten son, as the scripture tells us, who, 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 who had a, a sinless life. He came into this world to save the world because we are sinful people and that apart from Jesus Christ, there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that you can do other than to reconcile ourselves in a relationship, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if you can identify as that, that I believe in the life, the death, the resurrection, and the promise of Jesus Christ, that he'll come back again someday. I invite you to pray a prayer with me. So with every head bow and every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here's an opportunity. You just repeat after me to yourself a simple prayer like this. Dear Jesus, I confess my sins and I ask, Lord, for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you. Thank you for answering my prayer. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, as simple as that is, you're part of the family of God. If you prayed that prayer, you are now a member of the family of God. Welcome. Welcome. And ring, ring. The telephone is ringing. And Jesus again is calling. He's saying, come to the table. The table is ready. The table is prepared. And so now the invitation, all of us, all of us can participate. All of us can participate. And so you receive on your way in these cups. And Pastor Scott's going to come up. And Pastor Scott's going to lead us through uh, participating uh, in the broken body and his poor blood. But everyone has received that cup. And if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that means the invitation is for you that you too can participate. Don't let the cup pass by. Don't let the bread go by without.